0: I want us to look at this logo that we put here in the back, all right? Look at this beautiful logo. It's a number one, all right? And what does that one stand for? It stands for first. It means that God is what? First in our lives. And if you see the logo, it says first in the middle in Numa Green, all right? And then it's the words of our vision. Love God, be free on the bottom, live on purpose, make a difference. And then, our 10 core values, all right? So you guys are going to start seeing that logo, you know, during uh, this year of 2020 vision, where we're talking about the stewardship focus. And I just loved it, man. You know, they did a great job with this. Geraldine, wherever you're at, you're here in the front. I know that you've been working on this. So that's fantastic, all right? Today, we're going to continue with our series, all right? And this series is called, very easy, first. Can you say that with me? first. All right. That's the name of the series that we're in right now. And uh, one of the most important things that I find myself teaching wherever, you know, I go in this season, you know, I, I really believe it's something that God is doing in a powerful way inside of me, but also with my kids. Okay. It has to do with priorities. Can you say that with me? Priorities. All right priorities that's something that is very important priorities you see now my kids I have four kids and my two smaller ones all right they're still young you know they want to get home and they've been in school the whole day so they don't want to do homework all right any parents out there identify with having to follow your kids around all right to make sure that they get their homework done all right my little kids are like I've been in school the whole day I'm not doing homework I'm like, Oh, you got a bunch of stuff that you got to do. No, I'm going to go play. I'm like, yeah, you're going to go play. I'm going to give you a little bit of time, but then you're going to come after that. And you're going to sit there and you got to do homework. And my son, JJ, which he just turned six years old. It is a battle. Okay. It's like taking candy from a kid to try to get him to do the homework. You know, it's like, no, I don't want to do it. And why this and why that? I'm These are priorities. He doesn't even understand what that word means. You know what I'm saying? But I'm trying to teach him, all right, that there's certain priorities that we need to put into place. One of the things that I do with them, all right, and I shared with you guys this last week a little bit about this. my boys, my two boys. I wake them up early in the morning, and I tell them, guys, I'm going to teach you guys to pray and to seek God first from the moment that you wake up. And I got some pictures back there that are funny, Okay, look at these pictures. This picture right here, that was like about a couple of years ago. JJ was still drinking from his bottle, actually. I've been waking them up at 6.15 in the morning to pray and seek God. And we have our devotional time together, me and the boys. And you might ask, why aren't the girls there? Because I'm telling them, one day you guys are going to be heads of households. One day you guys are going to grow up and you guys are going to be married and you're going to be men and you're going to have to lead your family. And you can't lead your family if first you're not seeking God and making him first in your life. I'm teaching them that now at this age. So I wake them up every morning. And you know what's funny? That they're excited about waking up. They don't even know what time they're waking up. You know, they think they might be waking up like at 7 in the morning or something. They have no clue that it's 6.15 in the morning. But sometimes when we get home late, I do not wake them up. They get mad at me and they're like, daddy, why didn't you wake us up this morning? I'm like, puppy, we got in like at 11 o'clock. We want to pray in the morning. I'm like, all right, it's working. It's working. They're like, they're getting it. You know what I'm saying? They're, they're catching on, you know? So we're talking about what guys we're talking about priorities. You see priorities speak to us about those things that are important to us in life. Priorities talk about those things that are important. For example, what do I give my time to? That talks about our priorities. What do I constantly think about? Have you, you know, things that you're constantly thinking about, your mind is consumed with. Those are priorities, okay? What do I invest in? My time, you know, my resource. What do you, what do I spend my money on? That talks about our priorities. This past week, MJ made the news. I don't need to explain who MJ is. Most of you guys know that MJ stands for Michael Jordan. All right, and I'm a big basketball fan and he was the guy that I grew up watching and wanting to be like Mike. You know, how many of you guys sang that song? I wanna be, I wanna be like Mike, but I was, you know, five eleven, I was white, I wasn't bald, I had a lot of hair, and uh it didn't really turn out like that, you know. But anyways, you know, Mike and I, you know, I followed him his whole career and everything. And this week he made the news because okay, we could put that picture back there. All right. He just built a clinic in the area of Charlotte. Okay. For low income families. All right. And this is amazing. It says here, Michael Jordan steps up charitable giving. Noven Charlotte Clinic. And then he said, this is just a start. You know how much he donated for that clinic that was opened up this week? $7.2 million. And then he's donating another $7 million for another clinic that is going to open now in 2021. And there's some things that he said because I actually heard the press conference and then I went back into the video and heard it. He said something. He goes, I can only give in gratitude for what I can never repay. It's not about the financials, but about the heart. This is Michael Jordan talking. This is not PC or Robert Morris in a book or anything like that. He goes, it's not about the financials, but it's about the heart. A passion for the city, for this state that has given to me. He says, I can never repay what this city has given for me, but it's a start. So Michael Jordan is recognizing that it's not about the money. You see, he's thinking about something greater. He's thinking about his priorities now that he's in his 50s in his life. What's going to happen when he's no longer here? And they put a sign in the wall when you when you go in that really stood out to me because I'm all about this. Look what he wrote. I want to be the bridge to the next generation. I want to be what? I want to be the bridge to the next generation. You see, Michael Jordan wants to make sure that his life matters beyond what he did on the basketball court that his life would matter, okay, and that he would leave a legacy beyond the basketball court. This has become a priority for him. So The question that I have this morning is, what are our priorities? Which are our priorities? You see, some of our priorities, they include family, they include friendships, they include work, career, God or church, Time off, vacation, studying, exercising, sports, entertainment, health, traveling. There's a whole list, and that list could just continue. Each of us here in this room this morning, we have different priorities. Now, the, the, the thing about this is that we need to get our priorities in the right order. You see, I put that list, and if you see, I put God somewhere in there. I put church somewhere in there, and a lot of times, guys... The reality is that our priorities are all over the place. They're all over the place. This week, my daughter spoke to me about a new shoe that came out. And I'm all about the shoes. You know, I grew up, you know, I love the shoes and the sneakers and everything. But this one blew my mind. We could put that that up on screen, that that picture of of the new shoe. It's called the Jesus shoe. All right? The G- you heard about the Jesus shoe? It says that if you ever wanted to be like Jesus and walk on water, now you got to buy this shoe. Because when you buy this shoe, you are actually walking on water. All right? This shoe, what they did is that they got a regular Nike Air, and in the sole of the shoe, they put water from the Jordan River. All right? And on the side of the shoe, there it is, it's the verse of Matthew 14, 25, when Jesus walked upon the waters. So wherever you go, you're walking upon the waters. And of course, you can't miss, you know, that there's a big crucifix with Jesus on it right on the front. Now, this is the crazy part. Jesus' shoe with holy water and soul are selling for $4,000. And you know what's the crazy thing? People are buying them. $4,000. $4,000. Milton, you imagine being an LA Fitness fling with that shoe, man. You probably get dunk on Friday, man, when you go out there. <laughs> Have everybody saying, where do you get those shoes, man? That talks about the priorities of the people in our nation, in our country. Hey, I don't mind, you know, if... You've worked hard in your life and you have some money. You want to buy yourself a nice, you know, suit, some nice shoes, nice belt. I have no problem with that. A problem that I have, okay, is when our young people, okay, are going after $4,000 shoes thinking that that's a priority. And the crazy thing is that they'll camp out and sleep for a day or two until the shoes come out and they do all these crazy things. Where are we going and I'm not only talking about people that do not know God. I'm saying that as a church, a lot of times we find ourselves like this. And I want to tell you something, guys. When our first move to second, move to thirds, move to fourth, I want to tell you that everything starts to unravel. Everything starts to fall down when your first starts to little by little. And it's not something that you consciously do. You don't get up on Monday and say, I'm not putting God first in my life anymore. But it starts to happen with little decisions that we start to make. And little by little, this was your priority, man, going after God with all my heart. But all of a sudden, it just starts to fall down. It starts to fall down. And little by little, things start to what? They start to unravel. Now I wanted to say this because I really believe that this is an important quote, okay? If you're not a good steward, you will not get things fixed in your life if you're not a good steward you will not get things fixed in your life we need to be stewards of our own lives some of the biggest issues that we deal with and these are some of the things that i love is because of lack of stewardship it's because of lack of putting our priorities in the right place for example financial issues all right sometimes We don't know how to handle our money. We don't know how to handle our finances. We become compulsive buyers. Any compulsive buyers here? You know, you go to the mall and you're like, you know what? I'm just gonna go to the food court, you know, eat and hang out. And all of a sudden you walk through all the stores and at the end of the day you're walking out with like a bunch of bags. You never planned on this. It wasn't even on your budget, but it happened. You know what? It's like, oh, it's that the Holy Spirit spoke to me. I had to go. We get all spiritual too about it, you know? Like I said, I'm going to bless a couple of people with this stuff. Come on, man. You're messing yourself up. We we, we become compulsive. We, we don't put God first. You know, one of the things, I don't know if I shared this last week or not, but I'm going to say it anyway. One of the things my wife and I are doing, you know, we get our paycheck. We take out the cash of what we're going to be using during those two weeks that is not part of what's coming out through automatic withdrawals and stuff like that. Because when I see the cash, I know what I have. But if I'm always using the check card, always using the check card, I go out, I use the check card, she goes out, uses it, you know what? It just starts, doom, 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 doom. And all of a sudden, like, what happened? But, hey, when I got money in my pocket and I look at 80 and all of a sudden by tomorrow, it's not 80 anymore. It's 25. I'm like, you know, what's up? <laughs> like, we got to chill. This thing, we need to stretch it, you know? And you guys know about stretching the dollars, you know? So lack of stewardship will get us in a mess in that area when we don't put God first by tithing. What's the tithe, pastor? It's the first that comes in. The first that comes in. 10% of the first you give to the Lord. It's not what I made up, mate. You, you don't like it? You fight with God. It's in the Bible. You see, tithes. Okay, and then we're wondering, what happened to my money? Lack of stewardship. Health issues. Health issues. Health issues. A lot of times we're having health issues because of lack of stewardship. You see, we, we deal with high blood pressure. And we deal with blood sugar. And we deal with this and we deal with that. But we're not getting enough rest. We're not eating the right way. We're not doing all the things. But then at the end, I'm like, hey, whoever needs fair, you come over. I need a miracle in my body. But you're going to go out there. You're lechon. Or, you know what I'm saying? I just went into my Spanish mode. Don't worry about it, guys. <laughs> you know? stewardship, priorities. You guys understand what I'm saying? And then we get into these jams, you know, and 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 I, I want to say it like this. The Bible says that this is the temple of the Holy Spirit. You only got one temple. You're not getting another one. Well, you are going to get another one. It's a glorified body. Praise the Lord. You know what I'm saying? But this one, you only have one. Let's take care of it. We got to take care of it so that we can do the best use with the purpose and the plan that God has for us. His spirit lives inside of us. His spirit wants to move through us. But I don't want to give him a broken down car. I want to give him the best machine possible so that he could do what he needs to do. Make sense what I'm telling you? You see, marital issues, lack of stewardship. You know, a lot of times, you know, people get married and all of a sudden the, you know, it's my account, her account, my friends, her friends. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm like, Hey, the moment that you guys got married, there wasn't that two, it was one, you know? And I said, I want to hang out with my boys. When you hang out with your boys? Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. I was like, we got to put some order into that, man. I mean, it's good to have the boys, but... Or the girl, you know, as I'm going out with my girlfriends for coffee today at Starbucks and tomorrow we're meeting up at Panera and on Thursday we're meeting up at Dayland and then we're gonna visit Dolphin Mall. I'm like, hey, you're married. Priorities. Stewardship. Putting order in our lives. You see, Jesus spoke to us about what our main priorities should be. Jesus spoke to us about what our number one thing should be and it's in Matthew chapter 6 verse 33. And you're going to have it back here on the screen today. PC's preaching with a PowerPoint. That's like Jesus is coming tomorrow, all right? But actually, that's my daughter that she worked on that, and she's back there and she's hiding. But Halasa helped me prepare this PowerPoint because I really wanted you guys. There you go, Halasita. I love you, baby. What did Jesus say? He says, but seek first. Seek what? First. What? The kingdom and his righteousness And all these things will be added to you. Seek first what? The kingdom. Seek first what? His righteousness. Hey, make sure you're in right standing with God. Make sure your relationship with Him is in the right place. That's what we seek first. So today, the title of my message, okay, is He is first, I am second. He is first, I am second. Now, that's not something we really like. Because I remember when I was a kid, I would try to cut in line to be first. You know, I was like, man, they're passing out the food. I need to, hey, you give me a back butt? Yeah, sure, man. And then he's like moving down the line, you know, because you want to be first. When you're in your team, you want to be what? You want to be the main goal scorer or the main scorer in the basketball team. You want to be first We're trained with that mentality. So when I come here and say, Hey guys, we cannot be first. We need to put God first. And you and I need to drop down the list to second. That's something that is really hard. But we need to go from first to second. The problem is that we put ourselves before Christ. We put ourselves before God. We put ourselves before Him. We put ourselves and our desires and our wants first. And listen to this. We call them needs. Or is that I need this or I need that? Hold on. Because when I went in school and we talked about what the needs were, okay, the needs are those basic things that you need to live. You don't need a $4,000 Air Jesus shoe, all right? You do not need that. He either needs to be first in each of our lives in this place, all right? Or we're going to walk away sad from this life. Because you could, like Jesus said, you could gain the whole world and then your soul be broken down and frustrated and, and, and just in depression. How do you walk around? You walk around sad. Luke chapter 18. If you guys could go with me in your Bibles. Luke 18, 18 through 23. Luke 18, 18 through 23. It says, once a religious leader asked Jesus this question. Good teacher. What should I do to inherit eternal life? What do you, why do you call me good? Jesus asked him. Only God is truly good. And then it says here, but to answer your question, you know the commandments. You must not commit adultery. You must not murder. You must not steal. You must not testify falsely. Honor your father and your mother. And the man replied, I have obeyed all these commandments since I was young. When Jesus heard this answer, he said, there's still one thing you haven't done. You see, this guy was focusing on everything he was doing and his priority. And Jesus said, I'm going to get this guy. I'm going to get this guy. He's hearing everything he's saying. And he says, there's one thing you have not done. Sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come and follow me. And look at the response of this young man. It says, but when the man heard this, he became what? Very sad. He became what? Very sad. For he was what? Very rich. You see, Jesus knows exactly what is the button that he needs to press to get to our hearts. That guy, he was great with his relationship, honoring his father and mother. He was great at not committing adultery. He was great at not stealing But there was an area that God was still not first. And you know where Jesus stuck his finger? In that area. You know that in the series of the first stewardship focus, you know where God wants to stick his finger? Exactly in that area where he's not first. That's where he wants to get in. Like, man, there's all these other areas that he could work with. I'm committed in this. I'm committed in that. I do this. I do that. But the Lord is interested. Listen to this. Not in having half of you. He wants All of you. That reminds me of a wedding that I did here one day. My wife, I think she walked out. But I remember it was time for the vows. And I give the mic to the guy. And I think he prepared these amazing vows. He goes, I'm going to speak from my heart. I'm like, sure, go ahead. All romantic and everything. He just looks at his wife and he goes, baby. He goes, I don't want some of you. I don't want half of you. I want all of you. And he gave the mic back to me. I was like, what in the world was that? What do I do with those vows? How do I fix this whole thing up right now, man? But the reality is that God doesn't want some of you. He doesn't want half of you. You know what God wants? The whole thing. Jesus never told somebody, hey, come and follow me 90%. And then he walked away. Hey, come and follow me 75%. And he walked away. What would Jesus tell the guys? We're going to read it right now. Mark chapter 1. Verse 16 and 20. How? What does following Christ look like? How does it look like? How does it look like when we put him first in our lives? Mark 1, 16 through 20. It says, one day as Jesus was walking along the shore of the Sea of Galilee, that's an amazing place, he saw Simon, that's Peter, and his brother Andrew throwing the nets into the water, for they fished for a living. And Jesus called out to them, come and follow me, and I will show you how to fish for people. And they left their nets at once and followed him. A little, a little further up the shore, Jesus saw Sebede's sons, James and John, in a boat repairing their nets. And he called them at once. And they also followed him, leaving their father Sebedee in the boat with the hired men. So how does following Christ and putting him first looks like? If we could put the next slide to me, okay? This is 21st century, Chris, you know, going after God. Putting Christ first looks a little bit scary. <laughs> it looks scary. It's not all that comfortable. You don't have a little map of a GPS saying you're going in that direction and that's right. No. It's like, come and follow me. Where? Where? Just follow me. Like, but where? Follow me. You know, it sounds like lurch. You know what I'm saying? Follow me. Looks like it's going to take a lot of faith and trust in God. It looks like my priorities at a moment when I compare them with what he wants to do. It looks like my priorities are really not that important. But man, these are my priorities and this is what I've been going after. And Jesus says, follow me. Looks like a lot of total surrender to his perfect will and desire. And it looks like there's a word that repeats itself in this part of scripture that we just read. And that word that repeats itself is they left. You see? They left their nets. They left their father. They left their boats. They left their livelihood. They left everything. They left being first to become second. They left being first to become second. And Numa Church, I'm here to tell all of you guys here, those that are watching online, that God wants to take us to follow Christ in a way that puts him first in everything, in every area. first. Not the house payment, not the car payment, not Macy's or Starbucks or whatever. God wants to put us in a place that we say, you know what? You are first. You are first. So what do we need to leave behind? What do we need to leave to become second place and follow Christ with all our hearts? You see, first starts from the moment that your feet hit the ground in the morning. First doesn't start with a tithe and offering envelope. It starts from the moment that you get up from your bed. If you get up from your bed. <laughs> Some of us are there. The alarm sounds like, oh, I'm snoozing this thing. Ten minutes later, oh, I'm putting this thing in quiet. Another, has that happened to anybody? Like, I'm having a hard time just getting up this morning. You know, thank you for your confessions, everybody that's raising their hands. But the moment that you do decide, okay, I got to get up and you put your foot down. What's first? Who's first? Where you going? What you're going to do? Your first thought. Who's the first person that you want to talk to in the morning? Oh, I want to turn around and kiss my wife. Yeah, right. Boy, you've been sleeping for about six hours without brushing your teeth. Try to kiss your wife to you see what happens. <laughs> to make God first, that He becomes our priority is an act of stewardship stewardship of our priorities, stewardship of your time, stewardship, guys, of your purpose. Okay, there's a purpose, okay, that you have. And you are a steward of that purpose. And if you and I are not walking in that purpose, and that's what our growth track is about, to connect you to that purpose, hey, you need to be a steward because one day you're going to answer to God for that. You're a steward of your gifts. Let me tell you something. One day they asked Jesus, who's the greatest in the kingdom? You know what Jesus said? The greatest is the servant. The servant doesn't mean the one that goes to pick up the chair, to pick up the paper, to clean the bathroom, to do this. The greatest is the one that knows how to serve his gift to the world. That you serve your gift. You see, people will follow you, not because of who you are, but because they want your gift. They want what's inside of you. Something inside of you connects them to God, and they want that. And you're a steward of that. Steward of your resources. You see, in our sabbatical time this year, and I keep on talking about this, God gave us these thoughts about what Numa Church is becoming. Numa Church is becoming something. It's becoming something. We're becoming something. And I, and I spoke to you guys about 23 God-given visions. And I called that Numa Church as I see it. And if you didn't get this poster last week, make sure you get this. Okay, we gave it out last week on our Vision Sunday. I had some people telling me, Pastor, I'm gonna frame this. I'm gonna put it in my house, this and that. That is awesome. Cause that's exactly what I'm giving this to you for. I want you to know this is who we're becoming. This is where we're going. This is what God wants to do through us. And you're like, Pastor, man, I just got here from Venezuela. What are you talking about? Or I'm dealing, you know, with my kids, or I'm dealing with my wife, or I'm dealing with my bank account. We need to get all that stuff in order because God wants to use you for something greater than you. And I'm here to tell you, if you let go and let him be first, boy, he will do some stuff in your life that you won't even imagine. He will do some things in your life you won't even imagine. So if you didn't get that poster, make sure you get it out. You know, on your way out, they'll give it to you. So for this to happen, what are you becoming and how will you get there? How will you get there? What am I becoming? You see, the foundation to that question in honesty, okay? I want you to be honest with yourself for a second, all right? Where are you at right now? with this whole thing of putting God first and stewardship and all that, where are you at right now? If you look inside in quietness and stillness. The other day, I just went outside at night and just stared at the stars and I just sat there, no phone, no music. I heard some crickets chirping and I just looked up and I just sat there Maybe about 45 minutes, 50 minutes, and I'm like, where am I at? Where am I going? How am I going to get there? You see, sometimes we got to quiet all these voices and just look inside and talk to God for a second. So this morning, where do you find yourself right now? Are you in the center of God's will and what He wants for your life? You see, the Bible says that the will of God is good, pleasing, and perfect. Good, pleasing, and perfect. Do things look like that in your life right now? Do they look good? Do they look pleasing? Do they look perfect? Who am I becoming? Do I like who I'm becoming? Because a lot of us, we deal with ourselves. You know who the biggest conversation that you have with every day is with your other you that lives inside of you? (laughs) Sounds like crazy what I'm saying here. And the person that you got to convince the most to believe what God says is your other you. Because right now you're talking. I mean, you're not talking. You're listening to me, but you're talking. Everybody's talking right now. I hear you talking. I don't hear you talking, but I hear you talking. You see, the Bible says that Jesus knew their thoughts when he was talking to them. Each of you guys are talking in here right now. Who am I becoming? My prayer is after this whole 2020 year that we're going into. My prayer, okay. A first, this is my prayer for you guys. Ask your pastor that you're becoming a good steward of what God has given to you. A good steward. A good steward of Listen to this, that I'm going to say, parents that are here, a good steward of his kids that he's entrusted into your hands right now. A good steward of his finances that he's entrusted into your hands right now. A good steward of his gifts that he's entrusted to you right now. He's the owner of all these things. How will I get there, pastor? How am I going to get there? The answer is starting with the first worship focus. You see, this whole focus is to help us get focused and go in the direction that we need to go. Now, I want to close this morning by saying that there's a commitment that is coming. There's a commitment that is coming. You see, it's like the girl. I don't know if you guys were like this. You know, I remember some of my friends like this and and yeah. You know, the girl that you always tell, you know, I love you, I love you, I love you. But she's still waiting for you to put that ring on her finger. You know what I'm saying? Oh, you love her, but she's saying, hey, where's that commitment? You say you love me. I want to see that bling bling. I want to see that ring. There ain't no commitment. There's no love until anybody knows what I'm talking about this morning. You guys know, right? I know. <laughs> I know you know. <laughs> So you know what? With God, it's the same thing. You see, we tell the Lord, Lord, I'm going to put you first. And the Lord says, let me see commitment. Where's your commitment? Where's, where's that ring that you say, all right, I'm first. So there's some dates that I want you to write down. Take out your phone. All right, take out your phone. Write this down. There it is. November is a month that I love, guys. November is Thanksgiving month. I'm already waiting for Thanksgiving. Alright, and it's not the cowboys game. I'm not a cowboy fan. Alright. I have a couple of friends that are. Alright, but Thanksgiving is a month of what? Gratitude. Thanksgiving is gonna be a special month here at Numa Church because we're gonna show God our commitment and our gratitude. November first, starting the first day of November. Okay, everybody that is part of the dream team. And I've been meeting with the different dream team leaders all this week. Everybody that's part of the dream team. Okay, we're going to have a leadership commitment event. What does that mean, pastor? We're going to come here. We're going to have a nice dinner. Every dream teamer, they know this. We've done this. And we're going to say, you know what? God is first and I'm going to commit to this. What are you going to commit to? Something financially. Financially. You know why? Listen to this. Because God said, wherever... Your treasure is, no, he didn't say that. Wherever your treasure is, did he say that? Your heart will be where? There also. So what is God looking for? Where's your treasure? Because wherever your treasure is, what's gonna be there? Your heart. And what does God want? Your heart. So you know what he goes after? Your treasure. My alarm is sounding, telling me that I'm done. Lara. I'm done. We're landing this plane. November 1st, leadership commitment. November 17, church commitment event. It's going to be our two Sunday services in the morning. And we're going to commit as a church to saying, you know what, Lord? We're going to put you first. Now, I want to tell you something. I want you to hear me out. My goal in this is not that you say, okay, for one year I'm making God first and I'm going to commit this X amount of dollars and we're going to do this and we're going to go after that. My goal, you know what it is? That you put God first the rest of your life, man. My goal is that I would remind you about these things, but that from here on out, you put God first in everything. And then the last day on that calendar, November 24th, November 24th is a Sunday before Thanksgiving. And that Sunday, okay, every year in this church, we pick up a Thanksgiving offering. We pick up a Thanksgiving offering. We've picked up a Thanksgiving offering forever and a day, you know. But this year, we're going to do it a little different. The Sunday prior to Thanksgiving, we're going to call that First Fruit Sunday. And what you're going to do is that whatever you commit to during this leadership event or this church event that we're going to have on the 1st or the 17th that day you bring the first fruit, the first portion of whatever that is and this is not to please me i'm not going to be looking at commitment cards saying oh wow this person committed this much this is my new buddy no because this is a personal thing between us and god we want to put god first can i tell you two last things and we go two last things number one As a church, we're living a time like never before. I need prayer for this week for me and our board. This week, we got a huge decision to make, a beautiful decision to make. I never thought I would be in this position. But right now, we have an offer, okay, from three different banks to refinance the loan that we have in this place. The worst offer that we have is a 100 times better than the one that we have currently at this moment. I can't believe that I'm going to have a meeting on Tuesday night to choose. And I had a, one of the guys from the bank write me yesterday an email and say, Mr. Garcia, I haven't heard from you in these last couple of days. Is there anything else that we could change and what we're proposing to you to make sure that you become one of our clients? And I'm like, what? I'm about to frame that email, man. about to frame that thing. I've never seen an email like that before. Because before we were begging, hey, you, can you take us? We were like so deep. Can you take us? Can you take us? Now they have their writing to see if the terms that they're offering me are to my liking. Evelyn's about to like cry and do a little dance and everything down here. It's amazing. But it takes what, guys? Stewardship. It takes stewardship. I'm never going to ask you, and I make that commitment. That was the second thing I want to tell you. And my leaders are here, and you guys take me at this word that I'm going to say. I'm never going to ask this church to do something that I'm not willing to do first. And the day that I do that, all you guys can call and say, you know what, PC, you're not living up to what you're saying. The day that I say that, guys, is the day that I step down from here. You know why? Because my life is the one that puts God's first before the words that I say out of my mouth. That's the authority. And I make that commitment in front of you guys. Whenever you guys see me out of place and not putting God first or saying, church, let's commit to this and I'm not committing, you guys need to call my attention. Can we close our eyes this morning? This has been a good message. I think I'm going to repeat it now. (laughs) Close your eyes right there where you're at. And I want to ask you, That were your heads bowed and eyes closed. You see, God is after your heart. He's after your heart. He's after your heart. And I want to pray this morning. Because I know that he's speaking to you. And the question that he asks is, son, daughter, who has your heart? Who has your heart? I want to have your heart. So, Daddy God, this morning, we just pray. And we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you, Lord, because you guide us in patience, Lord. These are all things that we know. None of us here in this room are exempt from knowing these things. At least if we've been walking with you for a while, Lord, we we should know to put you first. But the reality is, Lord, that we got caught up in all these things that are around us, God. And sometimes we'll move you down that ladder. And it takes moments like this. It takes vision like this. It takes conversations like this to really quiet down our soul and see if you're first. And today, Daddy God, as pastor of Numa Church, I want to ask you that you would come and take the place in our hearts that belongs to you. I want to ask you, Daddy God, if you could just come to our lives And take the place that is rightfully yours, that belongs to no one else, only to you. We are sorry, Lord, for the idols that we've raised. We are sorry, Lord, for the things that we've put in place of you. And today, Lord God, we say it with our mouth, where we pray that our hearts would align to the sayings of our voice. You You are first. You are first. You are first. And there with your eyes closed, your head bowed. See, today there are people here with us, or maybe you're watching online. Maybe you have not made God first in your life. You have made your own decisions, your own plans. You've gone after your own ideas, your own values. But the reality is that you were made for a relationship with God. And the reality is that apart from that relationship with him, you're always going to be searching. You're always going to feel void. You're always going to feel that you were made for something greater. And the reality is that you were. Now that relationship with God is only through Jesus Christ, his son. Jesus Christ came here to earth to live a perfect life, to die on a cross, to pay for your sins and my sins and to restore our relationship to God. And this morning in this place, listen to what I'm going to say very carefully. If you ask Jesus to come into your life as your Lord and Savior, if you ask him to forgive you of all your sins, the Bible says that the moment that you do that, you become a son, you become a daughter of God and you receive eternal life. And if there you're sitting today, you're watching, you're saying, Pastor, I want to do that. That's for me. I want to ask you that you would make this prayer with me. where you would say, Dear Jesus, this morning, I invite you into my life to be my Lord and to be my Savior. I ask you for forgiveness to all the sins that I've committed. Today, I admit that there's a need in my heart for something greater. And Jesus, today I recognize that that something greater is a relationship with you and it's a relationship with the Heavenly Father. Take me by the hand and take me to the arms of my Father. Let me live for what you created me to live for. Give me a purpose. Take away any sadness that there is in my life. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. And thank you for paying this price for me. It's in your name, Jesus, that I pray. And we say, amen, amen, and amen.